Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire cartoon fan podcast. This is episode 276, and today we'll be talking about the two latest episodes of Steven Universe Future, Little Graduation and Prickly Pear. I'm GC13. And I'm David. These were the feels that I was looking for in Steven Universe Future. Finally, we go a little deeper, much deeper, into how Steven's feeling post the obliteration of a dictatorship, and he actually is feeling a little left out of the action. Yeah, I'm with the fandom on this one. Get this boy some therapies. Is that lady from Pickle Rick available? She seems pretty good. <laughs> Man, imagine if that same voice actor came in to just voice another gem. <laughs> that gave Steven some guidance. But he's really going to need it, and it's not going to be able to come from, I don't think, the same authority figures that he got You know, meditation training from before. Garnet, well, he doesn't want to hear any more high and mighty advice from Garnet, apparently. Yeah. I feel like he's really overdue to talking with Connie. It's kind of amazing that she didn't show up in these two episodes, or rather that he didn't even try texting her or whatever. I'm not sure what the if there's plot significance or if that was just done for convenience, but I get that she's busy studying. The fact that Steven never even considers in any way reaching out to her, though, is weird, because it's like he needs some human friends to talk to or something. Yeah. I mean, Shep is the best voice of reason for him in this entire episode. They actually give him the most useful constructive advice. Otherwise, he talks to a plant. Yeah, Stephen doesn't seem to like taking advice from people he knows. Like, he he literally lives with an emotional support amethyst, and all he does is complain that she's so mature now, therefore you'd think he wouldn't want advice from her. Jenny obviously understands what's going on with Stephen. I mean, everyone seems like they understand what's going on with the dome (laughs) and little graduation. But only Shep is brave enough to say, hey, man, like, maybe you're working through some stuff right now. Yeah, it's kind of amazing that Steven thought that it was Lars causing the emotional problems first. No, there is no way he thought that was Lars. He was clearly deflecting. Right. It was also interesting for it to be a sort of mirrored situation from all the way back in Bubble Buddies, except obviously the only person... Not here is Connie, or as Connie was there before, <laughs> but it's kind of fun to relive this situation again. But before, it was just Steven not knowing how to control his powers, whereas here, he, at this point, should be so aware of his powers that we can't all help it the, as the audience, but just feel, like, really tense and, you know, almost even like a, it's a, like a purposeful cringe for it to be like, Steven, please realize what's going on. But also, as, from the audience perspective, it's crazy how much everything's changed I feel like there's a little bit of a meta commentary there of, you know, we don't see the on-screen development, much as Steven didn't, of Lars and Sadie either. The talks that they had, Sadie eventually moving on, even Lars kind of being done with the baking thing and going back into space. All that's moved so fast, and much like I feel like a lot of fans probably think, oh, I'm about to lose this show forever. (laughs) We're kind of right there with Steven. It's a weirdly powerful thing they've done. I guess I might have to take up gardening. (laughs) Yeah, well, cactuses were supposed to be the easiest thing to maintain. I mean, they are Earth's hardiest plant. But I think the problem for me with these episodes is it feels like... Okay, so there's this fan theory that a lot of these Steven Universe feature episodes, which I saw one person kick this out on Reddit, are actually different potential timelines from Garnet. And I don't think that's true. But the discontinuity between Little Graduation and Prickly Pear 
like makes an argument for it. Because at the very end of Little Graduation, you know, Stephen has clearly realized he has the problem. He he misses his friends, but he kind of partially resolves it by knowing that he'll always be able to reach out to them. But, you know, he, he still feels bad about it. And so he does that whole drive away, you know, he's listening to the new song rather than the old song. And then he looks up at the stars and, you know, has his pizza, probably on Brooding Hill. And then we see Prickly Pear start and he is coping in just about the most unhealthy way by building himself a little fantasy world where all of his friends stay rooted right in the dirt where they're not going to fly away from him. Yeah, that one felt particularly, it, it reminded me of that Adventure Time episode where Finn had literally all of the, uh, yeah. all of his friends re-represented and yeah, not quite the same situation, but the same level of um maybe delusion. Yeah, Stephen is not, for some reason, as equipped as we might imagine him to be at this point to deal with his own emotional problems, but I think that's what's really fascinating about what it looks like Steven Universe Future is really going to tackle in the next set of episodes, which is something you just don't see done in television. There's literally no conflict except for what Steven has to deal with inside now, and... You know, we've marked off like so many of the quote unquote villains from the intro now. It's really looking like everything left is Steven and the audience sort of dealing with the end of Steven universe. Uh, Steven having to like actually define himself and actually define what he cares about and and how he can exist independently. I mean, he literally sang about being independent to Pearl in the movie, but I don't know if he understands about being independent not just together but actually alone it's it's kind of weird but both of these episodes i would say they're they're good episodes but they make me so uncomfortable to watch because like we as the fandom are like the the, they shine a light on what's going on with steven and so since it's obvious to us you know watching steven blunder around completely unaware of it is kind of painful for a lot of us me included Yeah, and it's very much on purpose, it feels like. And I feel it's also really relatable. I mean, the the problem of needing to be needed (laughs) is not an uncommon one, right? That's almost like a base need we all have, but it's one that Steven is realizing he doesn't know how to answer. He's not sure what he's supposed to do if he's not helping people. Do they not have the Beatles in his world? (laughs) Yeah, I guess not. He needs a little bit needs a little bit i mean they have a whole song about that so steven's powers are also really amping up if that's been something that's been you know a throughput through all the episodes his newly found ability to give almost i mean we've already seen him give basically full consciousness and awareness to plants but talking you know really pushes the barrier there was also again i don't know if I feel like this has been happening in every Steven Universe future episode, these purposeful callbacks, but it really reminded me of the whole Mirror Gem episode of having this Cactus Steven use pieces of what Steven says to reconstruct sentences, except this time it's even more clever about it instead of just making like fart jokes. Steven actually understands to interpret everything it's saying as true back and forth like dialogue which is weird. And also it's weirder because they go and actually like attack and maybe try to kill the cactus, but it's like a fully realized being. Okay, you want to talk about the cactus, what I don't understand at all. You know how Steven is super, super durable? Like he had that fight with Jasper, comes out of it without even a bruise on him. Uh, when yeah. The, 
When Cactus Steven throws his shield back at him, it conks on his head, he falls over, and then he gets back up. You know, that shield probably would have cut through a pillar of solid wood, and it doesn't, again, doesn't even leave a scratch on Steven's face. And yet at the beginning of the episode, he is able to prick his fingers with an ordinary, unmagical <laughs> earth cactus. You know... Please! <laughs> I'm sure the shield... I mean, it does look pretty sharp. It also does cut through the organic matter of the cactus. But, I mean, I'm not going to complain that the shield didn't hit Steven in a more blunt way instead of hitting it with the edge. You know, and I definitely don't want to see that thing get wedged inside of Steven's skull. You know, that would be horrifying. Just about the only... <laughs> thing I can say in their defense is the gems have always proven more vulnerable to sharp things than they have to blunt objects. Yeah, Pearl was especially vulnerable this time. <laughs> oh, yes, she was. Uh, that go might go down ahead. as one of the best stills in the entire series. Uh, why, 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 do you, why do you want to take a screenshot of the best girl being, you know, just obliterated by a cactus? I can't. I mean, honestly, the pain she was in looked like poofable. But she she didn't poo. She she stuck in there, just like those cactus needles did. Yeah, although Stephen has a pretty low opinion of her now, since he thinks you know she may be physically strong, but spiral out of control again. It feels like Stephen doesn't even really know un- understand his friends anymore. Like obviously they're gonna like have a heart to heart again, and he'll take back everything he said. But I mean, truly, he has like the wrong evaluation. Evaluating Garnet as being still high and mighty. And Pearl is being still super broken. Yeah, she hasn't been high and mighty since season one. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's still imagining their really old character development. And I wonder why he's there. Like, obviously, he's being defensive of himself. But also, the only one putting pressure on him is himself. That's tough to unpack. Man, he needs a therapist. <laughs> Can we get a professionally licensed therapist on the podcast to talk about what Steven needs? <laughs> I mean, I I do wonder if Steven is being written as projecting there, because I'm just thinking, you know, spiraling out of control and someone else having to pick up the pieces, that is literally what Steven is doing right now. High and mighty advice, um, that sure sounds like, I'm, I'm just thinking of guidance especially, just Steven comes in, oh look here, let me, let me just give you some advice here, and then, oh, Amethyst is so mature now. And then what was Steven just complaining about in Snow Day? How he's so much more mature than the gems give him credit for? Yeah. Yeah. You you hit the nail directly on the head. This is clearly, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's projection of the highest form. And I don't know what's going to snap him out of that. It, maybe some more Jasper moments? Maybe he needs to talk with the other character who needs the most development right now. Now, just, just remember that White Diamond's power is literally projecting herself onto others. And there she is in the intro. We've, we've taken care of most of the threats from the intro. We haven't changed redded up White Diamond. And we have the worm who everyone assumes is corrupted Steven. Those are the only two left. Food for thought. Yeah, it's... I'm not sure what will cause him to go to talk with the diamonds again. Obviously, it's not going to be a threat. Maybe they just need to see him again, because as great as Spinell is, they need to see Steven every now and then. It could be likely that he's going to dig up some of these feelings when he deals with the diamonds who, I mean, if he is projecting these ideas about the crystal gems, maybe he still harbors a lot of, hey, you guys are actually dictators and I'm not cool with you feelings. And he might let that anger leak forward a little bit if they're still not so smooth. I mean, 
We've already seen him be mildly annoyed with White Diamond calling things lower life forms. But what if he gets a lot more annoyed the next time he sees them if they're still ineloquently dealing with their new, you know, they're not being as politically correct or whatever else that, you know, is expected of them now. Hmm. That would be funny. Steven assumes direct control. Right, which I don't know, could that lead back into him being corrupted? But I like that direction of Steven becoming the antagonist by the end and then... You know, what's going to cut through that, though? I mean, I feel like Connie is an integral part to that. I mean, she went through the last meditation episode with him. It's time for, you know, and she was the one who needed, well, actually, both of them kind of needed the healing. Steven was dealing with all of his own Oh yeah, ghosts of his past. Bottling all his emotions up, a little graduation style. But everyone has been thinking that, oh, you know, based on the ending credits for Steven Universe Future, which are, you know, the Dondi driving away from Beach City. Could could the ending of Steven Universe Future be Steven leaving Beach City? And after little graduation, I'm kind of thinking, yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, not, not just from the narrative perspective, but based on what Rebecca Sugar has said, the, you know, this isn't going to be the last she uses these characters. Maybe she already knows that there is going to be a Steven Universe without Steven. Like, my, my Beach City series that I've wanted for so long, you know? And I can imagine a lot of the Beach City residents living lives separate from Steven, because although they were, like, friendly to him, he was never, like, in my mind, Steven is truly friends with Connie and the Crystal Gems, and then, you know, there's some gem allies, but, like, he never had that, like, established constant communication with the, everyone else. It's just kind of, like, the people who he lived with and around with. But him leaving, like, those people, the Crystal Gems and Connie, and his dad, feels wrong? I mean, we just got two episodes that developed him closer to that, but, like, I don't know if that's- is that- is that, like, healthy? Is that right? He decides that he's just not needed anymore, and he just goes completely solo? I mean, the show is built so much around the concept of the strength of Steven's family and- and- and friendship and love, so for him to- and self-love has also been an important theme. I mean, it's literally the last song that played at the finale of season five, right? That's like what Change Your Mind is about, is yeah. being confident in yourself. But like, I don't know. That almost seems like too far for Steven's self-love to become, have to become so strong that he supports himself completely and leaves behind everything. They could write it to end on a bright note or on a dark note. Of course, I'm hoping they ended on a bright note like, I mean, they they have the warp pad network, so he's never that far away from Beach City. No. I, now I'm so, based on the direction the show's going, though, those, like, other Lori questions now, I just have no, um... I mean, I'm also less interested in them at this point now. Like, do I need it to be answered? Why Lion has a whole dimension inside of him? Like, I mean, I guess we could just chalk it up to Diamond Powers, but, you know, mysteries like that, I mean, the chest, whatever. I think at this point the chest is just, like... The same thing with, oh, we missed the development with Lars and Sadie. That's just what happens. The chest was such a big question for so long. They have to answer it eventually. But maybe that's part of, like, I mean, if Steven's going to be learning, and, well, just learned a little bit about moving on, maybe that's the concept they're trying to give to watchers of television as well. But I, that's interesting to me, too, how much... This is the most subtle meta-commentary I feel like this show's ever done. Like, it's not crazy the closest they got to being explicit was steven being like i didn't see this development happen which almost yeah. sounds like a fan saying it 
Yeah, that that was pretty explicit. Just like the meta commentary in Tiger Philanthropist with Lars. I'm assuming they meant meant for Lars to be the fans of Tiger Millionaire out there. That's certainly what it felt like. Yeah, and so those lessons that they're trying to impart about like what it means to participate with a show, especially a long-running show. Well, yeah, I'm just interested <laughs> to see what Rebecca Sugar thinks about it. She has such interesting thoughts about television and, and being a part of that experience. So, yeah, I guess I'm still excited to see where it goes, because at this point, I, I, I don't know how Steven resolves his mental health, and I don't know what what else, how much more extreme it's going to get. I mean, it already felt pretty bad with th- how this cactus thing went, and yet he still chooses not to talk to the gems at the end of it. Yeah, like, that's that's one heck of a cliffhanger to send us into a long schedule break, is the gems all being aware, like, painfully aware at this point, of the feelings Steven is keeping bottled up, and him still not wanting to talk about it, even though, again, as the show is making very, very clear, that is literally the only way that everything is going to become better. Were the gems fully aware by the end of the episode that, I mean, Steven says out loud that the cactus is copying everything he says? But the gems don't yeah. seem quite aware of that because they all still... Amethyst is like, why is it being so suspiciously specific? Well, it's it's only it's only after that that Steven says he's been copying all the things I said. Wait a minute, he's copying me. And then later on, so is there anything you want to talk about? And then he ends with, I think I've said enough. And it's like, nope, don't, don't use your emotional support Amethyst at all. <laughs> she's, she's good at talking and she really knows people. It would be, they've always had that close relationship. It's really sad that Steven views her as only being recently mature. Well, I mean, to be fair, she also views herself as being only recently mature. Yeah, it wasn't until What's Your Problem that Amethyst realized how mature she had become. So it's a fairly recent development for her. So does this show come back when HBO Max comes out? (laughs) (sighs) I hope not, because that would mean that it was an HBO Max exclusive, and that would have very bad things to do to the viewer numbers. It, it'll bring us into that bold new decade of television watching. <sighs> we've already we've already made our feelings known about this brave new world. But it is pretty likely that it's not going to return, at least in January, but Steven Universe has never had a hiatus that was longer than... Well, I think it's had one that was longer than six months. But I'm imagining the timing, if it's less than a normal hiatus, really aligns with HBO Max coming out in May. It'd be a little strange for Cartoon Network to be transitioning so much content there, but still premiering things on the network. I mean, it really feels like it matches up with both Rick and Morty and Steven Universe, which are the premiere shows for their networks, only aired half well, at Steven Universe may be more than half, who knows. But some, only a portion of their seasons. And then suspiciously, the thing that happens next year is HBO Max. It just, it really feels too coincidental to be mm. coincidental. There's there's no way that Rick and Morty holds off for that long. Usually their breaks in their scheduling are very short. So I expect Rick and Morty season four to be long since finished before HBO Max shows up now. Steven Universe, they they schedule it whenever, so you never know what they're planning. If it's truly a send-off to the series, though, they're really... I don't know what that means. Like, is there going to be another multi-episode part, just like they did a four-episode premiere for this? Is the next batch the final batch? And we don't even... 
truly understand. This could have only been like maybe part one of three. It could be a trilogy of sets of episodes, but uh, we'll find out next decade. <laughs> yeah. Ugh, yeah, whenever that is, am I right? Ugh. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Little Graduation and Prickly Pear. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com. <laughs>